maybe shouldn't have, but last couple of days we were discussing how many would be here this morning. And uh, amazingly enough, the number is more than what any of us estimated, and that's, that's good. That's good. I was thinking, who will be there? And I was going through my mind. And, uh, but um, isn't it wonderful to be a Christian at Christmas? Uh, there's, just, there's just nothing like knowing who you belong to, why you're here, where we're going, and, and how we got to where we are. I mean, it, uh, aren't you thankful that you're not one of these scientists that's going around trying to figure stuff out and, and shooting in the dark, saying we've done this, done that, and then deep inside you really don't know if that's true or not. Right. And you, ha- you have no meaning in life, no purpose in life. What a life that would be. How wasted. Um, this morning, I'm going to preach a little more of a traditional Christmas message than what I have the last few weeks. Uh, turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And as we read, I want to try to point out a couple things as we get started about this story. Some of them have already been mentioned. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Um, what he's referring to is this morning Michael Smith, uh, I don't know how he texts so many people that he does on Sunday morning. He is clearly a morning person. I am not. You all know that. Um, but he, uh, he sends 60 to 80 people texts every Sunday morning. Don't feel left out if you're not on his list. He'll probably add you to it if you want to. Unfortunately, the only negative thing about it is some of the ideas he texts, I would like to take him borrowing to preach on, but I can't because some of the people in my church gets them. Then they'll be like, well, you know where he got that from? So I just leave it alone. But this morning he was talking about how it was, how it was dark. There was 400 silent years and suddenly the message came on the scene. And you imagine 400 years, we talk about silent years when the Old and New Testament, all of a sudden the first thing that happens is John the Baptist is born and six months later Christ is born. John the Baptist wasn't announced the way Christ was announced. The sky didn't light up for John the Baptist the way it did Jesus. But uh, he was talking about how that at the perfect time in darkness, spiritually speaking, it was dark, but Jesus came in the darkness of of the night and spiritually. And to be quite honest with you, he also mentioned this, in our day and time, it looks dark spiritually, but he's going to come in the brightness of his light one day soon. So, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and I'm going to kind of break in the middle of the story, verse 8. Is everybody there? We'll back to verse 6. I know some of you turned the page, you might turn it right back, I'm sorry. Um, verse 6, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid in the because there was no room for them in the inn. And there went, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord shone round about them. Her, I'm sorry, let me reread that because it's very important that I get this right. I'm going to make a point of this in a minute. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. 
Notice what that said there, which shall be to all people. Not just some. Not select groups. Not this group, but to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God of the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they made haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this, this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for this time together. And Lord, for this day that you have blessed us with, for this opportunity to call on you for this time. And God, that we gather here together, Lord, to worship you and to thank you. And God, I thank you that one day, Lord, you came to earth and you wrapped yourself in flesh, Lord, and you became as one of us. I can't look at you and say, Lord, you don't understand. God, I thank you that I can look at you and say, Lord, you do understand. And God, I thank you that you sent your son to die for us. Lord, we couldn't come to you, but you came to us. And God, I pray this morning that you be with me as I preach this message. God, I need your help, Lord. Please, God, help this morning. Touch hearts as needed. Lord, we need you, God. It's all about you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. As I said, and as, as Jimmy has mentioned, and Morgan has mentioned some things about this day, one of the unique things about the shepherd uh, that I want to point out to you uh, that, that God uh, saw fit to tell them first about the announcement of Jesus being born is more than likely shepherds didn't own anything. A very good chance the sheep belonged to someone else. They were hired just to watch the shepherds. Most of the time the shepherds were very poor people looked down upon. They were not celebrated. It was not a a celebrated occupation, if you will. You think of something in our day and time that most people consider a kind of a lowly occupation or disgusting or something nobody wants to do or the bottom feeders, whatever. That's kind of how they were looked at. And the only thing they had in mind, I got this from Pastor Jackie, I have to give him credit for it. The only thing they had in mind that night was watching for some kind of predator. That's all they were concerned with. They wasn't expecting the sky to all of a sudden light up. I mean, yes, there were stars in the sky, but not like what they seen here in a few minutes. It was nothing in comparison. No north star ever, ever lit up in front of them like the sky did all at once. And, and what's amazing about this is, yes, the angels realized what it cost heaven as far as knowing that Jesus was gone out of heaven, but the difference is the angels could not see that the way the shepherds could. You see, the angels are a little bit different. Well, I tried to explain this to a Sunday school class one time, and some poor woman tried to explain to me, and I kept telling her, you're not listening. So please listen to what I'm getting ready to try to explain to you, and don't correct me. You understand in a second. We know that some way, somehow, angels has to have 
some kind of capacity for choosing good or choosing evil. Because we know that some of the angels in heaven went with Satan to try to overthrow God. Some did not. Let me say legions, thousands, possibly millions on both sides. And that is what I cannot get sometimes some people to understand. I realize once an angel has fallen, they have no recourse. They have no way of repentance. It's not there. It doesn't exist. Because they have already seen the glory of God and they live in the glory of God. So if they fall from that, there is no way to be recovered from that. They have no recourse. You and I have never seen the glory of God in the fullness. If we did, you wouldn't be here. And so on this night, the angels came and they spoke and they, they, they spoke to these shepherds and they explained to them the story of Christ's birth and told them about it. But the glory of the sky came from God, not the angels. Amen. Notice what the Bible says. Sometimes we put, and I don't want to get off the course here to get bogged down here too much, but sometimes we put angels on these pedestals and people worship angels. Nowhere in the Bible did I ever see an angel said, worship me. In fact, they said the opposite. And here we see that the angels were messengers. That's what they're intended to be. But the shepherds had an earthly side of seeing this birth that an angel could not experience. Got to realize that. The Bible teaches us that angels desire to look and see in us and understand what repentance and redemption means. They don't understand that. Let me take it a step further so you understand for sure what I'm saying. Angels, have once they are fallen, they stay that way. So you and I have fallen out of the grace of God because of sin and Jesus came to earth one day, one night, in the form of a baby to redeem us from our sins, to buy us back out of sin into fellowship with God. And he had to do that for that reason. The angels do not have that opportunity. If they decided that they were going to reject Satan back in the beginning of time and said, we're going with God, Satan, you can go and do your own thing, then they have never experienced what it's like to fall out of fellowship with God, be separated from God, and suddenly be brought back into fellowship with God in a snap of a finger once you believe on Jesus. Am I making sense? Okay, because some of you are looking at me with crazy eyes. So, so, so the shepherds could see this from a different set of eyes than the angels could. They cannot understand the way the shepherds saw this. So let me preach to you just for a little bit and hopefully you'll understand more of what I'm saying. Now the angels understand in a sense of saying that they know what was going on. They knew what was happening, but they could not experience it the way that you and I get to or the shepherds got to. Okay, is everybody still open in presence or are we under the tree? Or... All right, so in verse 8 it said, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. You notice Jesus has called himself a shepherd a lot of times. He says he watches over us. Thank God for that. But the angel of the Lord came upon them, a male angel, by the way, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around about them and they were sore afraid. So I'll be honest with you, if I looked up and saw an angel standing in the sky and all of a sudden this glory of God, his glory filled the sky in front of me, I'd probably be a little bit nervous too. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now one thing that they got to see the shepherds, they got to see the glory of God and his shine. The angels got to see this all the time. Yes, you would never get tired of it. Yes, it'd be new all the time. Yes, it'd still be amazing. But could you imagine for the first time in your life, all of a sudden the sky lights up and you got to see just a glimmer, just a glimpse of the glory of God as it lit up the sky behind this angel and you got the greatest announcement that's ever been made known to man. Hey, a Savior is born today. Jesus came to earth on this night. Let me tell you what is taking place right now that you do not even realize. Thank God for that night. Notice the angels didn't get to experience it from that side. Only humans got to, and at that, only the lowly shepherds, the people who did not count, the people who was considered uh, second rate, second class, they're the ones that got to experience one of the greatest spectacles of all time. So they got to see the glory of God in his shine. And it said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you that ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Notice who the glory was going to. Notice who the praise was going to. The angels suddenly turned their attention back from the shepherds and towards God and started worshiping him, praising him. And there these shepherds was taking all this in. They got an example of what it means to praise God, to go to glorify him and to see him as Savior and God and King of all. Hey, they got a first row example and a first class seat to experience this like nobody ever has. They got to see it from a side that the angels never got to see it from. But all we see is suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host. You say, what were they? You know what, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what all the word heavenly host means and I don't think anybody else does either. We know there's angels. We know there's cherubims. We know there's God. And we know these things, what the Bible tells us, but imagine how the sky was filled with the heavenly host praising the worshiping God that night because there was a celebration to take place. In verse 15, and it said, It came to pass as the angels were gone away from heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us, now go out, let, us know, let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, I'll be honest with you. There's a few things I hear and see in my life that sometimes I question just a little bit. But I guarantee you, when they saw the whole sky lit up, I doubt there was much question in their mind what had taken place. I'm pretty sure they thought, oh, this has got to be true. There's something to this thing. And I've often wondered, what about the sheep that they run off and left? I guess they left them up to God to watch. I don't know. But, but nevertheless, they said they made haste and they ran. And, they, and number two, they got to see the glory of God and his son. Amen. You know, how many people got to experience this? I've thought about this so much. When we find when Greg mentioned Herod, who had all the babies killed two and under, he never got to see the glory of God and his son. 
The only thing he got to see was a little bit of earthly glory in himself, which is full of darkness and sin. Do you understand that the Bible also said, I pointed out to you this morning, that it said unto all men, not some, not half, but notice the angels brought the message to the shepherds, but the shepherds were the ones that got to see the babe lying in a manger one-on-one, face-to-face. The leaders didn't get this experience. The people that matter, the dignitaries. Uh, Drew was talking about this this morning too, and I told him, well, some of that's already in my message, but he brought it up without me telling him. If our, in our day and time, if the lowly people announced a birth like this, people would ignore them because they would not be educated. Well, you're not educated. How do you know? Just because someone doesn't have a PhD doesn't mean they don't know. Amen. It wasn't uh, uh, some uh, special group that got to experience this birth. Imagine coming in and they found this babe lying in a manger and they walk into this cave more than likely and they look and see that baby laying there and and Mary, uh, his mother, holding him, nursing him, protecting him, taking care of him and all the modern conveniences that you and I had today, they didn't have. They didn't have soap and fresh running water. They didn't have all the things you and I have today at their convenience, at their disposal. I wonder if one of the reasons God sent the shepherds in to help, I wonder if Mary and Joseph needed some little extra help with that babe and the things that come after her birth. And he said, these are the ones I'm going to allow. You know one thing shepherds was good at? Helping their lambs with their birth. They'd experienced some births before. And they got to experience some things and see some things that you and I, but on this night, they got to see the birth. The birth of all births. They got to see the babe lying there. And I wonder if these shepherds wasn't familiar with this particular manger. If they weren't familiar with this particular tomb, not tomb, forgive me Lord, this particular cave, but here they came and they saw, and I kind of picture in my mind, they knew exactly where it was at. Because they were shepherds. They had to know where to bring their sheep for protection. They know where they had to get them out of the storm. Thank God there was a night came that God said, I'm going to get some people out of the storm. And he got you and out of the storm of sin. Thank God he came to live with us on earth. And again, the angels could not see it from this capacity, from this light. They wasn't capable of seeing it from that because they didn't need regenerated. They were already alive. You and I, once we are born, once we come to a certain age, and I can't tell you what that age is, it's different for everybody, but there comes a time in your life when you start understanding right from wrong. And you know when you've sinned. You know when you've done wrong against the face of God. You know when you've done what He asked you not to do, and God starts speaking to your heart. At that moment, spiritually, you realize you are dead. You are dead in trespasses and sins against God. And it takes a redeemer, someone who can live a perfect, sinless life, and be your sacrificial lamb for you. It took Jesus to do that, and only Him could do that, and He's the only way to heaven, the only way to the Father. Thank God He came to earth one day and gave Himself for that purpose and that reason, and the angels desire to see and know what's it like to be brought back out of sin. And they can't understand it. They can't grasp that. But these shepherds had an idea of what was coming. You see, I also believe they had an idea of the sacrificial system. Where do you think the lambs came from for the sacrificial system? Imagine one of these shepherds. Here this little lamb is born. 
Maybe it had some kind of difficulty at its birth. Maybe it needed extra attention and extra help. And this shepherd takes this little lamb under their wing and they nurse it and they protect it and they, they, they pet it and they take care of it. And all of a sudden the master comes one day and says, we got to have that lamb. It's going to sacrifice. And the shepherd says, but I've handled that lamb. I've nursed that lamb. I took care of that little lamb. Can't you get another one? And they say, no. That's the perfect one right there. That's the one we need. One, one day went up in heaven when God looked at Jesus. They said, it's time. It's time. It's time for it to be fulfilled. And he came and wrapped himself in the seed of a woman. Do you realize he started out just as a little seed like you and I? I remember the first time I got to go with Amber and see that ultrasound. It's one of the most amazing things you'll ever see in your life. You see that little, I mean, it just looks like a little pea. You see them little nubs of them arms and legs sticking out. By the way, that's at eight weeks old. Amen. It's murder when you murder and board a little baby. Eight weeks old, you see that heartbeat. You can see it. Jesus came and started out just like that for you and I. And Mary was the one that carried him. I don't know what she's thought in her mind, but I, I, I'm trying to get going here. I don't want to keep you too long. But I can imagine as those shepherds came in and she looked and she saw, and, and I wonder if she had any idea how the announcement had came down to get those shepherds in that uh, particular cave, in that uh, manger there with them. I wonder if she wondered, I wonder if she asked him, said, how did you all know about this? Didn't you see that sky light up just a minute ago? I wondered at things like that. Am I the only one? I doubt it. Let me, let me read on. I, I'm, I'll, I know sometimes Willie laughs. I have to look back and say, well, I'm almost done. He was like, yeah. I know my pastor. I'd say, well, he's got about two more. I'm almost done to go. Listen, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And when they seen, had seen it, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that had heard it wondered at those things which they were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Number three, they got to see the glory of God in his sharing. They got to see it in his shine, in his son, and in sharing. Let me point out a couple more things and I'll, I'll be done. We'll go home and eat dinner and lay on the couch and whatever. Listen to the kids play with toys that we wish we'd have never bought or someone wouldn't have bought them. You notice the shepherds, pretty unique here. They got to see things that nobody else got to see. They got to tell things that the angels never got to share. Now, you take an angel who's lived with God in heaven, for, I don't know, for eternity, for all I know, a long time. They know him better than we do, in one sense, but in another sense, they don't. Let me explain to you what I mean. An angel and God, the angels do not have Holy Spirit living inside of them like you and I do. God doesn't dwell right within them like he does us. If you're born again, if you're saved. Now, if you're lost, you've never been saved, then you don't have that experience. 
You're, you're, spiritually speaking, you're dead. Right now. This very second. Notice it wasn't the angels that spread this news around the community. It was the shepherds. Now the angels were messengers to tell the shepherds to go to the baby, but they weren't the ones that tell about the baby to everyone else. There's a difference. The shepherds went to the baby, but the shepherds took that message to everyone else. Just as you and I, you and I get to tell about the glory of God in in the sharing of His Son. You and I have experienced the shine of God the night, the day that you got saved. There was something inside of you that you knew had changed, something that was real, something that was different, something that you can't explain, something that got a hold of you, took control of you, and made you a better person, made you alive for the first time in your life. You knew something was real about your life, something was different. Like, man, I don't know what this is, but I like it. The angels didn't get to tell this. He didn't take it out to the leaders. They stand it on your balcony to all your people and announce this birth. He told the shepherds. Says, let me read this to you again. It said, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. Now I don't know the whole conversation took place between these shepherds and these angels. I believe we got most of it here. And it, all that I see is they told him about the baby being born and where he was born. I don't see where it told him to share. I didn't read that. But because that glory was so great and so bright and they knew something was so wonderful had taken place, they had to share what was taking place. I got a feeling these shepherds that heard the Old Testament read once or twice. I think they knew there was a baby coming one day. And he was going to be the savior of the world. He was going to be a perfect lamb sacrificed for you and I. And they wanted to share, he's here. He's here. He's here. I also don't believe they went and told where he was. I think they just told he was here. I don't believe they said go there because if it did, the place would have been flooded with people. Very possible. And Mary and Joseph didn't need that kind of attention. But that baby sure deserved it. Now, as we try to think back over 2,000 years ago, again, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It was probably in the spring. More than likely, we don't know that. Some say fall, most say spring because of different things going on at the time. And I, and I have a tendency to agree. I'm sorry. Please don't get mad at me. But we still celebrate this day. We set aside this day to celebrate Jesus. And I'm okay with that. Let me ask you all something. Does it fill your heart to know that it was shared with you one day that there was a babe come in a manger one night, the sky lit up, the announcement was made, the shepherds went and seen just as they were told. You know, I've never found yet in the Bible where God didn't tell anything just exactly how it was. And they found it just as they said, and they shared it. How long has it been since you shared the gospel with somebody? How long has it been since you got so excited about Jesus that you couldn't wait to go tell somebody about Jesus? Let me tell you about Jesus. 
Let me tell you how wonderful Jesus is. He was born one night in a lowly manger. He was born in a humble way like most of us would be embarrassed and ashamed to tell anybody. But it's been announced to the world for 2,000 years how He was born. We celebrate it. I wonder if it was one of us that was born in a barn if we'd celebrate that. We'd be embarrassed. We wouldn't want nobody to know. But He told the whole world. And it says for all men to know this. I thank God that upon His Word I have everything I need that I need to know about Him and about myself written in this Word right here. I've got the Christmas story told to me right here. I don't know what traditions your family has. I don't know what you all do or don't do for Christmas. I thank God that some of you took time out to come here today. I know what Cindy said. I agree. Yes, for family gatherings and things that might be considered somewhat of an inconvenience on your time schedule, but I thank God we can come to church on Christmas Day and celebrate His birth. There's not another better thing I know of I could do today than come to church and celebrate His birth. I thank God for what He did for you and I. And I'm thankful but one day soon, we're going to go see him. But you know, he won't be a babe lying in the manger. He's going to be king. He's going to meet us in the sky. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. How wonderful of a day that's going to be. Little Maddie, hang on, honey. We're just about done. So let me ask you a question. Of all the gifts that you could receive or give this Christmas season, the one greatest gift that you could receive if you've never been born again is Jesus Christ as your Savior. This will be a Christmas like you've never had and I promise you'll never forget it. We went to a, one of them rip you off uh, sharing, uh, uh, apartment sharing deal. Somebody help me what it's called? Timeshare. I went just for the free money. I wasn't interested in buying it. The one thing, the opening line, the guy said, I thought he's a good salesman. You can learn, Miss Cindy. He said, do you remember what you got for your 10th birthday? How about your 13th or 18th? Most people had no clue. And he mentioned even Christmases. What did you get for certain Christmases? Let me ask you about your vacation. About everybody remembered vacations. How old they were when they took them and all these things. You know, some people don't remember the time they got saved because they were so young. But I've never met anybody that forgot it. No. I've never met anyone that forgot they were saved. I've never met anybody that said, well, I, don't, I don't remember being saved. I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't remember. Maybe if they got dementia or something. But I've never met anybody yet that looked at me and said, well, I don't know. Let me think back. The greatest Christmas I ever had was the first Christmas that I was saved. I remember that one. It took a different meaning to me. It had a new life to me. I don't remember a lot of things in my life, but I remember the night Jesus spoke to my heart and I was born again. And I remember the first time that I realized I was lost and dying without Jesus Christ and I was on my way to hell. And I knew that it took His blood to wash me clean of my sins and it took Holy Spirit to move inside of me and give me life. And without that, I knew I was going to die and go straight to hell. 
and there was no chance of ever escaping. There isn't one. I saw, I'm done with this, I promise, Willie. I saw a billboard the other day in Morgantown. We left the game the other night. It was an electronic billboard. It kind of broke my heart. It said, pray for those in purgatory. Folks, I got some bad news for whoever put that billboard up there. Number one, there is no purgatory. Number two, if somebody dies, the praying's over, folks. That's it. They're not going to change locations. When they die, when you leave this earth, you go to heaven or you go to hell. There is no in between and you stay at either one. There's no escaping either one of them. You don't want to get out of heaven and you want out of hell, but you can't. This is your only chance right now. Jesus came and lived as a little baby just like you and I and grew up to become a man Never never done anybody wrong in any way. Never had to apologize. Never had to do anything right to correct his wrongs. And they nailed him to a tree for our sins. Father, we thank you again for this time together. And God, I thank you that the story doesn't even end at the cross, Lord. And And Lord, the next step on your thing was the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again from the grave for our justification, our sins. But the story doesn't end there either. Because you live for eternity. And God, one way, one 